welcome to Season 3, Episode 11 of the Manly Hanley Podcast. This is the podcast with no limits on what we'll cover. I'm your host, Randy. Have a snack, sit back, and relax. This episode was recorded on Saturday, May 22nd, 2021. Right. So today is another episode that I've kind of done in the past, but things that just change with time and technology, I like to cover again. Today's uh, podcast episode is starting your podcast and things I've learned. So I kind of, I feel like I do a lot of topics related to starting your podcast because I help people do that. So I feel like kind of comfortable doing that, I guess. <clears throat> Oh, today's beer, by the way, is a kind I thought I, w- I thought I was buying a M45, but it's actually called Boss Tweed. I was just looked by the can, and generally their cans look like this. It's a Michigan beer, and it is strong. So it's 9.3%, so I mean, it's got a good kick, but it's delicious. Um, So yeah, highly recommend it. Great. Michigan beers, I mean, I live in Michigan. They're the best. So uh, I, I, they really are good. But um, today I'm going to talk about, you know, things that I do still to produce a podcast and things I've changed and, you know, thinking that it might help you if you're going to go down this path. A lot of people want to start a podcast. They still do, even though it's been happening for a long time. And I think these tips are very useful. And a lot of it, of course, gears geared toward audio because that's my background, but I think I can help you out. So what are some things people may look over when starting their podcast? Let's start with uh, tools that are easily transferable. That's something people overlook, uh, I think, because a lot of guides out there are talking about, use this tool, use this tool, you know, a lot of, lot of services, a lot of services. They want your subscription money. They want you to pay them. Use this tool. Well, what happens if they go offline or they just stop? The, the stuff like this happens all the time with, you know, startups that maybe they just find out they're not sustainable and they just collapse or they just close the service, you don't have it anymore. I think the old-fashioned way is kind of the way to go here. And I think, you know, use tools that are easily transferable. That's what I mean. Record in WAV format on a digital audio workstation like like I am right now. Record into WAV format. This format I can use as my source file and, you know, this will serve as your backup that you'll archive for the future. You know, like say you stopped doing your podcast for a couple of years. I stopped for six months, I think. Then I came back. I had WAV files. Not a big deal. I could just upload them anywhere else I want. So that's that's um, making things easily transferable. I didn't record them into a cloud platform and just say, oh, yeah, like I guess they're going to hold on to it for me. No, no, that's not good enough, in my opinion. So think of this as the studio master of your album. You know, how the record industry store used to store their stuff. I don't, maybe they still do, you know, on their masters and in a big warehouse that might catch on fire, which has happened. <laughs> and they lost them all, uh, a lot of them. But think of it as that. Now you got online backups, stuff that's just redundant in the cloud, and it's very hard to lose things. So that's cool. You know, back it up locally and at the cloud, in my opinion. Your, your uncompressed wave or flack or whatever format you want to use, lossless quality so that you could upload it to another service 
that's probably going to decrease the quality, but at least you can afford to have the quality decrease because it's already in its, you know, pristine condition. Back up your show notes and each episode's cover art. You might not think of that, but it's really easy to do. It just requires a folder on your computer. But I mean, these backups don't have to be tricky at all. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever mentioned how I back up my episodes that much. I've just kind of generally talked about it and doing it. But the episode are mainly, it's mainly a, like a Word document, say, you know, just for an example, or open office. That's kind of the area I'm in is like open office type documents, but a rich text format document, something that can do bold, just the basics. You don't need necessarily images in line and all that, unless you're going to publish to the web, which you can do that after. But the text, the text needs to be text the way I like it. Like that, that's how I like it anyways, because in the future, you know, down the line, if you want to just preserve, like copy and paste that somewhere else, it's going to be easily transferable. Now, if it's in some proprietary format, you might have to figure out a, like a migration tool or figure out how to get it over to the new format. Text is just going to go. Text has been text for decades <laughs> and it hasn't changed. So backing up the clip art and the, you know, uh, clip art, the cover art and the text is so easy. You know, and generally the way I do it, you place those in a folder, the, the little cover art image for this week's episode the WAV file the episode audio that's just one file usually because i don't edit these into chunks or anything and then the word document say i'm just giving saying word because most people are familiar with that in a folder then you take that folder you right click on it add it to a zip archive zip it up into one file and that one file is a folder with files in it nice and neat just one file and then put those in your a folder that's maybe the the title of the season season three so right now I have season three folder on my server and on, uh, what is it? OneNote or um, Microsoft OneDrive. I have it backed up there as well. And there's a season three folder. It's just like S3. And then in that folder I have, I think it's this is the 11th episode. There will be an 11th episode in there. It's just a zip file. And then when I want to come back, I just unzip that file into a, you know, that, uh, into a folder with some files in it. And it's ready to upload to any service if I need to in the future. Probably won't be doing that, but who knows? It's it's just there, and it's not hard to do. And it could, you know, if Spotify or one of these big services for some reason went under and you lost all your stuff, you still have it. You're responsible. So, uh, yeah, that's what I do. Back it up to a NAS server, OneDrive. It's up to you. I recommend having three backups. I think that's the best way to go. So, yeah, that way if you change hosts uh, or stop podcasting for six months like I did before, I don't want to think twice if my host is going to delete it for inactivity or, you know, because I could always just go back and resurrect an episode at a later date and upload a fresh copy in lossless format. Something else I didn't think of, I mean, I may have, but I didn't mention it or write it down. I just kind of thought I would know this and it's a noisy chair or room or mouth, <laughs> you have a noisy mouth, those things that matters. Uh, drinking, have a drink before you go on. You don't want to dry mouth because it'll make that smacky, you know, noise. It, it happens. I've done voiceover work where I was like, oh my God, I got to drink some water. This is a disaster. And just be, just having a glass of water will help. Not too much water. You might want a wet mouth, I guess. Uh, but a noisy chair. I uh, also recently did a voiceover work, some work for my, my main job. And um, 
I could hear the chair in the background. It was driving me nuts. I, so I tried to not move as much. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, let me just go to my good chair that doesn't move or make noise. And it's this leather chair I've had that uh, Krista and I bought when we moved into the house with our new furniture. It's a solid leather chair. No movements, no springs, no leaning back, no lumbar support. It's just a solid, awesome chair. I have to sit up straight in this chair. I probably have better posture this episode and I don't even notice. I'll probably see it later on because I have to sit up straight in this rigid chair, but you're not going to hear any noise when I move around. This other chair, the desk chair, like your standard desk chair, was so loud. And you've heard it in the previous episodes. If you go back to any episode, I guarantee you'll hear that chair. And that's something I just never did. And I was like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. And it's not. I mean, I don't have millions of listeners. But still, I think it's it adds a little bit of quality to not have that extra noise. And then noisy room. That I've talked about before. And this isn't something super critical unless you're talking further away from the mic like this. This is basic audio engineering. This is like first day of sound school, junior audio engineering, I guess. But it's important to know signal to noise ratio and the distance of you are away from a mic. Now, this kind of microphone I'm using is a very common mic now to podcasters. But this has been a vocal mic for many years before podcasters, I would say. But, uh, you know, before it became big with with podcasters, people would scream into it for vocals, whatever. But this mic, you can get up right on it. It's not going to like distort. It's made. It's got a low uh, audio output. It's made to be in your face. So in this particular instance, I don't have to worry about my room design. I could I could spend a million dollars. Well, I, I couldn't. But you you could if you had a million dollars to just spend right now on a, on a room, you could do that. And and I could be right up on this mic, and it wouldn't make one damn difference that you would notice on the other end because the way I'm processing this audio with this particular mic. So if this mic is right up in my grill, I'm right up on the mic grill, there's no chance for the the sound to really bounce back and noticeably affect the audio input to this microphone. Now, if I move an inch or more away, that changes. Because, you know, you got sound travel slow, you got reflections off these walls. I do have sound panels all throughout this room. You don't see them on this back wall because there's a window there and then they start right after it. But they're I treated this room. Um, mainly for when the drum sets in here to decrease the sound pressure levels. But for this podcast, it wouldn't make one difference. And hundreds of dollars later, (laughs) other people might learn that as well. But you might not be playing a drum set in your room. Maybe your room echoes a little bit and it drives you nuts just to talk to other people. And that's a reason to, to dampen the sound. It always helps. Cut down the sound a little bit. Put some furniture in there. That might be enough. So that's something you want to think about, but it also depends on the microphone you you have. So I'm kind of going, I could go off on a tangent with talking about many other microphones, but generally a dynamic microphone like this one, it's not a condenser, it's a dynamic microphone that you can get right up on without it sounding terrible. You know, it has a pop filter built in. You don't have to worry about the sound of the room as much, in my opinion. So that's uh, kind of covering the noisy environment and then um i don't know why i put this twice my notes are sloppy at times you know take better notes i'm sure you could take better notes than me but um what i do is when i'm reading the notes you know for my show right here these are going to be ultimately the show notes but i uh i I, i'm so picky about missing it after the show i actually delete it and correct it as i'm talking to you which is why i often stop 
because it will really bug me if I don't catch that and then it ends up on the website later when I post the show notes. So let's go to the next section and that's what audio gear do I use and my recommendations, have they changed? Uh, you know, let's check this out. I haven't looked at myself uh, on the screen. I, I haven't had the monitor on at all. It looks like it's still working. Hi. So I can see myself now. Um, I can actually go back to my desktop and then with me in it. Awesome. This is working out really good. I like this new setup. This is like week two of doing it this way. And not changing it for a week is pretty good for me. Um, and using Restream has been going really well for free. I'm just using the free basic one because I'm not like some massive streamer that makes a living doing this. So about the audio gear I use and have my recommendations changed because I've done this in other seasons. I think season one and two to a certain extent. And, you know, talking and worshiping PreSonus, I still use their gear. I love it. But better products are coming out all of the time. You know, so of course my recommendations are going to change because there might be something that's more affordable and have the same amount of features that I've always wanted that I could say that you might need for your new podcast. But I could throw these out there that could help you produce your podcast I figured I could throw these out here to help you produce your podcast in the most efficient way possible. And I mean cost-effective and simplicity and having everything all-inclusive by buying, you know, the least amount of items. That's what I'm all about. That's kind of, it's just efficiency, I guess. So I'm still using my solid Presonus Studio Live Mixer. It's a Series 3. I don't know, it came out like 2018. I think 2018 is when I got it, maybe. And this thing's awesome. It's rock solid. Hasn't failed me once. I had to send it in for service right when I bought it, but it was just like a some a manufacturing thing. I don't know. It's never it's never like flaked out on me though, so that's cool. If something flakes out, it's generally the computer and the computer stopping or something like that. So I always recommend having dedicated hardware for the purpose. I don't like doing things software wise unless I have to. But yeah, I'm still using the Series Three mixer, and it's overkill, and. From In my case, I could record drums and I have many other tracks I could use. But for most people, if they're starting a podcast, they don't need to buy something like this. I want to make that clear. It's overkill for most people. Unless you're going to record a band with it and multiple instruments at once. And you really only need two or so inputs, right? Unless you're going to have a room full of guests and you're hosting a podcast studio, then yes, you would also want a mixer like this still. But I still am going to recommend XLR microphones. And XLR microphones are, they're not USB microphones. They're, that's a standard that's been around for a long time. You plug the XLR microphone into a mixer and then the mixer into wherever else you want it to go, whether that be a PA system or your computer. In my case, it's a computer here. It's, it's more flexible, but for simplicity, USB will win. If you're record, if you're planning to do a podcast where it's just one speaker most of the time, USB all the way if you're just going to try this out for sure and the only reason I'm saying that now is because I last year I wouldn't be saying this as much or a year before you know two years ago especially there are personas has actually released a microphone called the revelator and it's incredible I, I've and and sure s-h-u-r-e sure the microphone company I love too uh, they make this microphone has released one as well called the mv7 it's like it's based on this microphone, but it's in a more affordable USB version. So you don't need a mixer now, which is kind of crazy. 
if you're just recording a podcast with one person most of the time, that uh, and it's been that way with USB microphones, but the sure uh, what is it the uh, Personas Revelator has a built-in mixer inside of it that integrates with the Studio One platform. Now that is that's just amazing. That's cool, and it's 150 bucks. Not two thousand dollars. Not four hundred dollars. Not all in the mic. That's <laughs> that's that's anybody that's going to start a podcast. My bias is going to say go buy that mic first. Just buy it. Try it for thirty days off Amazon. Return it if you don't like. Just buy that mic. Get started and see how you do. It's got built-in effects. The fat channel effects that the mixer has. Yes, it's USB. There's going to be downsides to some of it. It's it's not going to be this microphone. But when you have effects, you can make them work to your advantage to build up things where they might lack, like where the volume sounds bad. You can boost it up. You can add reverb. You can do all that from the mic. It's built in. It's it's crazy. And for 150 bucks. So, you know, if I'm going to start somebody on a podcast and recommend something, you know, I would I would I would coach them on getting that microphone as a starting point. Not to mention, it also comes with Studio One software, the artist version, which I believe is $99. So that's $99 out of that $150 price tag on the microphone. That's that's a killer. That's a kill, killer feature. Um, but there are some uh, similar competitors, such as the Shure MV7. Now, let's jump over here, and I'll put up my screen. And this is the MV7. As you can see, it looks very similar to what you see me talking in, but it's not. It's a cheaper knockoff version that tries to you know mimic it at a better price point but still it's 250 dollars and in comparing that to the revelator which is 150 dollars and has this built-in mixing system that integrates with studio live or studio one artist which is incredible software i mean you see it's geared towards musicians here but it's a podcasting mic as well for sure because if you can record music you can record a podcast and here it is they even talk about your podcast this is a no-brainer. I mean, for a starting podcast, no doubt. This is this is it. So this is pretty sweet. And um, I've seen many reviews on it. I've seen I've heard side-by-side comparisons with the MV7, and I still for the money. And I, I hear some benefits to the MV7 of you know that 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 kind of muffled like close warm sound. But I still think the Revelator is better. I don't know, and it's a hundred dollars less, and it comes with more. It's like I I hate to dis sure on this because i'm a sure fanboy my all my drum mics are sure well just about and they make amazing mics there's no doubt i mean studio mics all day sure over personas they would they would kill them but product and features and what you need personas wins here man so yeah man (laughs) so that's that's what i recommend as, as far as starting with the mic and then a daw a digital audio workstation if you ended up going with the Shure mic and you don't have a DAW that comes with it, I don't even know much. I don't think that one comes with the DAW, but you could download something like Reaper or like just some kind of like Audacity, whatever. It's not going to touch Studio One, in my opinion. Because Studio One, you could add tons of music ability, uh, uh, in- digital instruments like, you know, MIDI and just like lots of cool stuff. Build drum beats in there, whatever you want to do. And uh, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. So let's move on. Um, I got too happy about that, Mike. I yeah, I just want to start buying them and showering them to neighborhoods where people want to create podcasts. So, next thing is the host. You know, 
Do you need the host with the most? Terrible dad joke. On average, though, I've changed hosts each year since I started this podcast. I'm on my third host, and it's one of the big dogs, Spotify's Anchor.fm platform. And I never thought I would go with something like that because, you know, I don't like to go with the big dogs. I want to have something cool and hip, right? But um, it's free. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm not just going with it because it's free. But does it give me the most is the question. And in my situation right now, this year, I believe it does. Uh, it's free, and I use it in the exact manner I used my previous paid hosts. So I think at the time when I signed up with my first host, which was Buzzsprout, it was $12 a month. Fantastic service. Um, but I was I was reading their guides. They had guides on how to do this and produce your podcast, market it, do all that. And a lot of that stuff, it's amazing. They have great writers and great team. The people are super nice. I still recommend them to somebody if they want to go with a paid service, but I, I that's stuff I can find on YouTube. Yes, you have to be kind of good at weeding it out and making sure it's not somebody just trying to sell you a product, but, you know, the information's out there. Like, I'm one of those sources. I could, I'm, I'm giving you free information because I have a day job and I just do this for fun. But I think it's... I think it's... Um, okay to have a free host and the reason i say that spotify is okay and and i say spotify and anchor fm interchangeably because they own anchor fm but anchor fm's i think always been free and they make it clear in their terms that you own your content they're like we don't own your content they just want you on there they want to have a, a library to offer people so yeah and what they also do is they just start shooting your stuff out there syndicating it to other platforms like i just got an email last week it was like four or five more services are like your podcast is live here i'm like oh that's cool <laughs> i didn't do any of that that's awesome the main ones you sign up for are like i want apple i want to be on apple itunes i don't want to be on google <laughs> no they put it they go they go further than that they, they're like hey you're on here you're on here you're on here. that's cool i didn't have to go to all these directories or zines and submit a bunch of crap they did it for me and I own my stuff. That's why I back it up still. But anyways, uh, Buzzsprout was the first one I went with. And I was just like, okay, the year's up. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm getting any more listens. That, if that was my goal in the, in the beginning, I really don't care because I'm still doing this for fun, like I said. Um, the next one I went with, I was just like, well, I'll just change it up. Let's go to another host. Because I saw some kind of deal they were offering. This is um, SoundCloud. And the name rang a bell in my head already because music like just artists i would post my old band stuff on there and i still have it hosted on there and soundcloud was always good they were just reliable it worked you uploaded your song and it plays in a player and you can embed it on a website it was so cool and it still is so i was like yeah i'll just do my i'll just host my podcast on it's like a long song right i'll just host it on you know um soundcloud and i did that for a year and got the, I got a really good deal from them. It was like five bucks a month or maybe it was, I don't know, something like that. And then when that deal wore off, I was just like, you know, I still like SoundCloud to listen to music and discover, you know, some indie artists or something, I guess. But this Anchor FM sounds appealing. Like at first I, I've heard of Anchor FM. I didn't know they were Spotify. And I was just like, nah, I don't want to go with them. They're the big dog. What does it matter at this point? It's like, it's not changing the amount of views I'm getting. And, you know, the exposure of the podcast it's just as much fun recording this locally and then just, I'm going to upload it somewhere, anywhere to the internet to have a host for it, right? And it, and ultimately, it's going to go to iTunes and Google anyways. So 
their algorithm is going to affect who sees it or who hears it. So it doesn't really make a difference on who hosts it, as long as the host is online. So that's why I went to Anchor FM. And that kind of, you know, there's free YouTube videos out there. You can learn all about posting these to these different platforms, but you don't have to pay money. And I'm all about trying to avoid paying multiple services a subscription fee. If you haven't <laughs> caught that by now, you know, don't do, don't use this, don't use that. Privacy, privacy, privacy. I don't, I don't, there's tons of um, services out there that will chop out the audio, make it sound good. And all. You can learn to do that on your own. Like I'm doing that on my desktop right now with this Studio One app that you can get by buying one of these microphones for free and you can do it too. I mean, it's the same exact software. It will have these same effects. I didn't buy any extra effects. So I made it here to talking about Anchor FM and that's just circling back to where I was talking, what I was talking about in the beginning. So, I mean, yeah, this is the importance of backing up your data now because it's all in your hands and you're in control of it. You don't have to worry about if this host is going to go down. That's why I think it's important to do all these things on your own. And once you learn to do that, then, you know, it's yours and you're responsible for it. Nobody else is, you know? So if you're a new listener to the Manly Hanley podcast, we would love to hear from you. Visit our website. That's randyhanley.com and leave a comment. And, you know, feel free to send me an email, randy at randyhanley.com, and follow Randrums on Twitter. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great weekend.